Thank you uh, for joining us for episode 26 of Head Start. This is a weekly podcast to help our Liberties adult and student ministry life group leaders and, well, anyone else who wants to listen uh, to prepare for the upcoming lesson. Uh, this is the week, the week of Thanksgiving. And so I feel like this is something that we've got to address. It's like uh, it needs some time. It needs some attention. And here's the question for the table is I'd like for you to describe the ideal Thanksgiving meal. Like it's not the family gathering where everybody brings a little bit of this, that, and the other. But you get to choose what elements are going to be on the Thanksgiving uh, table for you to choose from. Uh, So what is the ideal Thanksgiving meal, including Dessert. Yes, I need to hear this. This is important. I think Kyle should go first. I'm really excited to hear what type of breakfast cereal you get into (laughs) on Thanksgiving. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I will probably eat some cereal on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. All right. Um, Okay. Well, I guess I'll go since I'm getting thrown under the bus here. Um, So, for me, I have never been a big turkey fan, so I'm going ham. Um, So, I'm going to choose ham. And uh, pretty much any casserole that is involved in Thanksgiving, I will put on my plate. Green bean casserole. Yeah, I'm I'm going for it. So, I'll I'll do that and stuffing. Rolls. I'm bread and butter mm-hmm. kind of person, so yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna load up on the bread. Is 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 stuffing the same thing as? No, it is not okay, the same thing. Stuffing so. or what? Dressing, dressing is what dressing. they're gonna say. It's stuffing. Either it's one. Stuffing. It's Either stuffing. one. I'll I'll eat. <laughs> Again, I'm not picky with that. Um, and then uh, as far as dessert, um, yeah, I'm going with uh, pecan pie. Is gonna be a, a great. Okay. It's going to be on the plate. It's a staple, yeah. It's going to be on the plate. And then uh, one of Jenna's aunts makes like this ice cream roll thing that is oh. really, really wow, good. Wow. And so since we've done Thanksgiving with them a few times, I'm always looking for that if we're going there. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Good. Sounds good. good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and not too much that I would that I would disagree with there. I'm coming with you on just about all that stuff. Uh, I do prefer ham to turkey, but I also like separation of the holidays, and Thanksgiving is, is a turkey holiday. Okay. Yes. The turkey has to be injected, and it has yes. to be, you know. Smoked. It, yeah, smoked, smoked place, preferably, yes. right? Yes. So we just don't need dry turkey. No. That's that's the issue uh, that I think we run into. Um but yeah, with with turkey on the plate, uh, I like mashed potatoes and gravy. Uh, there yes. are weird people who just have mashed potatoes what without kind of gravy. Uh, brown or okay. white. It doesn't okay. matter to me. I'm good. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. No, I'll Not giblet gravy. Yeah, okay. come on, yeah. take any of yeah. it. Um, I, also, the casseroles, right? So uh, I love sweet potato casserole, yes, right? Yes, please. Um, there has to be some sweet potatoes. Yeah. Now, you have to have something green on your plate, or at least so my mom said. So, you know, green bean casseroles, whatever, that's fine. Or jello, you know, green jello. Jello. Uh, for dessert, I'm going to go either pecan pie or um, apple pie with a scoop apple of vanilla mm, ice cream. Why would you limit it to, yeah. to, to one scoop? Well, I guess that's true. Most of the time, I actually do both. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, the dessert plate on Thanksgiving can be the same size, same size. as your normal plate. That's, that's too, correct. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. All yeah. Right. Plan with that in mind. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're going to have um, normally a smoked turkey 
and uh, it's normally smoked to perfection. My dad does that wow, if we're there. to perfection. Uh, we will also have an option of ham, so you got ham and turkey. Okay. A variety of casseroles as well. One of the favorites is sweet potato casserole. Uh, we will probably have a squash uh, souffle type casserole, squash souffle, uh, and uh, green bean casserole. Uh, <laughs> there is a strawberry congealed salad that is uh, Angie's oh, yeah. mom's uh, con- one of her contributions to the meals. Very I you good. Were say concoction. Yeah, I know she she does <laughs> the same every year, yeah. and then a variety of desserts. Uh, we normally have everything from. Uh, pound cake that you can convert to a strawberry mm-hmm. shortcake Short type yeah, thing yeah. Uh, to apple pie with ice cream to um, uh, at least a lemon icebox pie. There you go. Sure. So, yeah, um, that's good. And yeah. every now and then we'll have a chocolate pie to go with it. So depends on who shows up and who all is contributing to the cooking, but uh, that's kind of the mainstays that I anticipate. It's <laughs> good. It's good. My favorite dressing Dressing. Not for stuffing, clarity. dressing for clarity. Uh, <laughs> yeah. is oyster dressing. And so it is uh, not dry. <laughs> okay. It will be moist. Yes. And uh, it does have oysters in it. So I look forward to hopefully having some oyster dressing. I can say with great clarity that I've never had oyster dressing. Yeah, yeah. Or stuffing. That's a highlight. Um, I like good dressing. Uh, I don't like dry dressing and have to have a lot of giblet gravy if it's dry. Yep. And then uh, Dawn's contribution in recent years, uh, one of them has been a homemade cranberry sauce, which is really, really good. I've never been able to get on board with the cranberry sauce. Not for me. I mean, it's just a me thing. I don't know. But yeah. The homemade is better. Okay. Uh, And, you know. Got to throw some peanut butter pumpkin bread in there oh, every time wow. we gather. Okay, so. I never thought about that. So uh, I'm going to agree with the smoked um, turkey we injected because we must avoid the dryness because turkey will dry out in a hurry. Uh, I, 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 I mean, I've tried all sorts of dressings, uh, not stuffings, uh, <laughs> over the years. I did it's not realize thing. this was such a, so, such a debate. It's, a, it's an even tie here at the table, I guess, but it, we will be blown out of the water by our listeners. It's dressing, not stuffing here. That's for so, sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tanya does a, we actually did our Thanksgiving the first Sunday of November, uh, and we gathered in Auburn, War Eagle, uh, for our family gathering, and Tanya always does a broccoli salad, uh, I fried uh, on a Friday afternoon a pound and a half of bacon. Bacon, yes. Yes, I did, uh, to be added uh, to the broccoli salad. There you go. Which is amazing. It, and it looked right, like three good. days later, it's even more gooder. Uh, so really good stuff. Um, and then uh, desserts, of course. you got to have all of the, you know, all of the ones that you guys have mentioned. But the one I didn't hear was banana pudding. Mm. No banana pudding. Yeah. Is it pudding or pudding? The second. Okay. But whatever. Of course, it's got to have the ING. And well, the instant or the cooked banana oh, pudding? It, there must be meringue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, mm. yeah I'm with it. you there. Yeah, thank you very much. Okay. I think it's probably important to say, too, that all of this, in order to complete the meal, I mean, this is part of it, even though it doesn't feel like it, all of this must be, uh, you know, supplemented by an afternoon nap. Oh, it's oh, of course. It's a induces that. Exactly. <laughs> Trip to fan. Yeah. It's part, it's part of it. Wow, yeah. that NFL game is on the TV that yeah. nobody's really watching. Hey, <laughs> it's the Dolphins this year, man. Fins oh, up. I'll be watching that. it. Okay. 
Well, good. Okay, so let's transition. Uh, and leaders, I want to uh, encourage you. Uh, this is, the as you receive this um, podcast, this is the week of Thanksgiving. Uh, and as we look forward to uh, avoiding gluttonous, uh, gluttony, uh, <laughs> uh, but enjoying food and enjoying time with family and friends, uh, we also know that Sunday's coming. And so uh, as we think about being thankful, uh, and for uh, we have so much to be thankful for, uh, leaders, I want to encourage you as we, this is, this is November, right? Since January, we were challenged uh, to share the gospel this year. And many of us uh, agreed to this. We, we, we signed our name on the piece of paper that in 23, that we would share the gospel three times, one time in our life group, one time with our family, and one time with someone in, in our community. So I just want to keep this in front of us. Let's not forget this. Uh, it is, it is uh, sharing the gospel. It's not a it's not a suggestion. It's a commandment in Scripture. Uh, so just that reminder uh, that we keep that in front of our groups also. And so, leaders, what an easy week this is as we're being thankful and we're thankful for all of the blessings that we have. What an easy week it is for you to reach out to someone in your group and recruit someone to share the, the one thing that they're most thankful for that day when they invited Christ into their lives. So I'm going to encourage you to, to recruit someone this week to this coming Sunday uh, to share the gospel through their story with the, with your life group. Uh, so make that intentional early this week because as the week goes on, it's going to be a little more complicated. But um, reach out to somebody and line that up to have someone share the gospel through their story in your life group this coming Sunday. Um, so this uh, the passage of Scripture that we're looking at uh, today uh, for this podcast is Philippians chapter 4. Verses 19 through 23, as we wrap up our sermon series in Philippians. And so uh, Kyle is going to walk us through this passage uh, really quickly. Yeah, so here we come to the end of this letter. We've been 16 weeks in the book of Philippians, and it has been a wonderful experience to walk through it verse by verse. I hope you've been as blessed as we have been um, going through this. And so we come to these last um, four or actually five verses here. Um, and uh, it would be a temptation to quickly walk through this and think that there's not much. It's just kind of Paul closing out the letter. But there is actually a tremendous amount of uh, good teaching and um, real comforting uh, truths in uh, this, these verses, these concluding verses. And so it begins after Paul has talked about um, receiving the gifts from uh, the Philippians uh, that they sent to him. Uh, he uh, begins this last part of his letter by saying, my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And so there's just so much packed into that one verse there. And there is uh, there are different interpretations of, of parts of this verse, but we'll kind of walk through it just a little bit. Just first see the, the personal nature of this, the way that he, um, he calls God my God. Uh, this is not a God who is distant. This is one who um, Paul, even in the midst of being imprisoned, has known God has seen him. This is his personal God who has done for him what he's now promising uh, to do for the Philippians. Um, and so uh, he, there's this promise that he will supply 
every need of the Philippians as they have been giving sacrificially, as they have been giving not out of their great riches, but even out of their poverty, there is this promise that the Philippians are given uh, by Paul from the Lord that God is going to supply everything that they need. Not everything they want. People can certainly twist this um, to and have throughout years past uh, to, to make it say something that it doesn't. But it is this promise that God will give us everything that we need as we give to his mission, as we give our lives, give our time, our talent, our treasure uh, for the sake of his kingdom. There, uh, we, can, we can carry this promise that he will give us everything that we need. Now, the last part of this verse, the according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus, this is where it gets kind of wonky a little bit because you read that and you go, what in the world is Paul saying there? And as I've read through some, a number of different commentaries, every single one has a different interpretation of this. So you get to that and you go, okay, well, I, I can take some of the burden off of me of knowing exactly what he's saying. Um, and so you as a teacher, if, if you're leading through this and people ask, it is okay for you to go, I'm not quite sure what he's saying, but this is what it could be. And, and that's what I'm going to do right here. Not quite sure what Paul is saying by this, but this is what I think he's saying. And I, what I like to do with this part of the passage is work backwards. Um, I think what he is saying here is that everything, um, I, I like to kind of follow the breadcrumbs here in a sense, uh, that Christ Jesus is the, the place where God's glory is revealed most clearly. And that it's in that glory revealed by Jesus Christ, it's out of that glory that the riches of God's supply for his people come. So what does that in and of itself mean? I think what it means is that what Paul is saying is that God in the person of Jesus Christ and everything that is glorious about God revealed in Jesus Christ, that is the source of his provision for his people. So what does that mean? Well, it means everything that Jesus is, everything that belongs to him, everything that God has shown in Jesus Christ, that is the source of his provision for his people. That's how he meets our needs, in the person, in the glorious person and work and riches of Jesus Christ. And so um, what does that look like practically? Certainly, does it mean his material provision? Yes, because what doesn't belong to Jesus Christ? Nothing. Right. Everything belongs to Jesus Christ. So according to who Jesus is and what belongs to him, he's going to provide for you. What else does this mean, though? It means when it comes to your need for compassion, when it comes to your need for encouragement, when it comes to your need for forgiveness or strength or endurance, whatever is uh, in Christ, whatever belongs to him, whatever has been shown in the person and work of Jesus Christ, those, those are the riches from which God uh, gives to you everything that you need, whether that's material uh, uh, needs or whether that's uh, other needs that, that come as you um, live for him and, and seek to um, further his kingdom. That's good, and um, you know, I can't help but think of where we leaned into on the passage with contentment, as Paul said that his contentment was in the person 
of Christ, who is sufficient, and just that phrase, Christ is enough, and yep. and leaning into that and, and growing to understand what that means. Um, in the lesson, uh, right after we deal with verse 19, there, there are three questions that, that will be good to help people in the life group classes to just pause and, and think a little deeper uh, about the meaning that Kyle has explained to us. Uh, one is, what makes sacrificial giving difficult? Uh, why is that difficult to us? And why is faith in God needed to do this regularly and uh, get that word out, yeah. but uh, consistently and, and, and do it without worry and do it with confidence uh, that, that our God will supply all our needs according to his riches um, in, in glory in Christ Jesus. And so, you know, what makes that difficult? And maybe it's a good time for life leaders to just open that door by sharing your testimony about uh, sacrificial giving and challenges that you face and uh, why faith uh, has to be engaged to the person of Christ and the promise of God that, that he is sufficient. And then what is the difference between our wants and our needs? Uh, I think we do mix those up and can get distracted with wants over needs and uh, just some clarity there. And then the last question is, how does recognizing that God's riches are unlimited affect your ability to trust him with your resources? Um, is he really sufficient? Is, he, is Christ enough? And I'm just mindful of what our Savior said in Matthew six thirty three over and over again throughout this passage. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And so, uh, it's bigger than uh, material, but it certainly embraces material. And whatever we need, Christ is enough. It's good. And uh, reminds me of one of our measures, which you're actually going to have an opportunity to discuss with your group at the end of our curriculum. But wanted to put it right here after the discussion on verse 19, because I think it connects most naturally with that. Uh, if you look on, it's at page 38 in uh, the curriculum that I have, uh, the second of the questions about measures, how will you display faith in your father to provide what you need because you are his child? Um, part of being a child who knows God uh, and having that you know, father-son, father-daughter relationship with uh, the king of heaven is understanding that um, you cannot in your life, uh, whether by sacrificial giving uh, or any other act of generosity, you cannot put yourself in such a desperate situation that the Father cannot come behind and provide for you. Like, uh, you can't bankrupt heaven, <laughs> so to speak. I think of the widow uh, who Jesus tells us about, who watches her put uh, all that she had to live on into the offering plate at the synagogue uh, during one of the gospel stories. And he praises her for that kind of giving, but that kind of giving had to come from a place that that woman trusted and knew that even though she was emptying her bank account into the Lord's coffers, uh, she knew and trusted that God was going to provide for her, and that's what enabled her to do it. So uh, as we seek to be children who have that kind of relationship with our Father, think through with your group, man, how far are you and I from that kind of, you know, if the Lord, if the Lord wanted me to, I could totally empty my bank account into uh, the coffers of heaven, trusting that he would provide the next thing I needed. It's good. It is. Um, and so uh, Paul does what we ought to do as we 
contemplate the riches and glory in Christ Jesus, um, the more and more we do that, he turns uh, right away to um, praising the Lord, um, to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. And uh, from the beginning of Philippians, um, uh, everything is about uh, bringing glory to God. So he, he's praying at the beginning of Philippians. I want you to be uh, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Uh, Philippians 2, hey, one day every tongue uh, is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So from beginning to end, everything is about God um, uh, uh, and his glory uh, forever and ever. And so after that begins what would be a typical uh, form of ending a letter by uh, greeting those who, uh, to whom the letter uh, was going. And so uh, Paul does say, greet every saint in Christ Jesus. So that's every person who is set apart, every, every believer uh, who is uh, connected to Christ Jesus through, through faith. And he's saying, uh, hey, those who are with me, they also are greeting you Philippians, especially those who are of Caesar's household. And I think what this is meant to do is meant to encourage the Philippians that though the gospel seems to have come to a standstill uh, um, with Paul in prison, um, we remember at the beginning of Philippians, he was saying, hey, the gospel's still going forth. And here it's just another reminder, don't be discouraged, uh, even among Caesar's household, uh, which would have included, yes, higher-ups in administration, but also all the way through uh, servants and slaves. And some number that uh, around 200,000 people could have been involved in Caesar's household. Um, the gospel's going forth. It, it's still um, spreading among even uh, Caesar's home. Even his administration, as, as he proclaims himself God and proclaims himself uh, ruler over all, here is the gospel undermining that by infiltrating Caesar's household, and it's spreading. And so uh, imprisonment can't stop that, and uh, he's just kind of giving a little reminder there at the end. And that leaves uh, him to then just wish them well, that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ would be with them. Um, again, from beginning to end, uh, he has, uh, has talked about God's grace, that favor and that empowerment from the Lord Jesus for the Philippians to do what they've been doing and to continue doing that in faith. That's good, and, and I hope uh, the study through Philippians has left us with that note of rejoicing in our own heartbeat to, to be reminded what God has begun, He continues, and He promises to complete, and that we're part of, of a gospel movement that's bigger than just us, that we link arms and elbows with other believers and, and brothers and sisters in Christ in the body, and and that God is on the move. The gospel is advancing, and we have the privilege to be part of that. But also, we're called to invest into this gospel mission with our time, talent, and treasure. And uh, when, when we're obedient there and, and we invest uh, and see God meet those needs, then we rejoice and can give him glory. However, we all struggle on your live-it-out points um, 
we all struggle with unnecessary distractions from this gospel mission in this thing called life. So uh, encourage your life group members to identify the constant struggle of distractions in their life and use this week to determine how they can minimize and eliminate uh, these distractions as they identify them and then invest, be all in so that we can see uh, that the power of our sufficient God meet every need that we have in Christ in a personal way. And that will drive us to rejoicing and bringing him glory. And then please uh, don't forget, as Matt pointed out uh, early, uh, sharing the gospel story uh, with that person that we are praying for, relating to, and serving. Uh, pray that God gives you that opportunity and uh, allow his spirit to give you the boldness to have that conversation. That's good. Thank you, fellas, for um, sharing as we look at this passage. Uh, some really quick before we wrap up our time together, some uh, important reminders uh, that we need to keep on our radar. Uh, and so Kyle's going to share one of those, and then I'll share one also. Yeah. So uh, life group leaders, you uh, or somebody from your life group should have already picked up uh, some instructions and a box for the Christmas gift boxes that we are doing for some children at Watwood Elementary. And so um, if you uh, if someone from your group has not picked that up, uh, there uh, is a table in the event hall definitely want you to pick it up that has all the instructions for you this is an opportunity for your group to bless a specific child who for whatever reason um, may not be able to afford their family may not be able to provide various gifts at christmas we want to bless them we did that last year uh, and it was a wonderful thing we're doing it again this year so you've got the instructions there these boxes are due back to us uh, on december 3rd so they can get back to watwood elementary in time before the holiday break and so there will be a table in the event hall where you can drop those boxes off uh, and we will make sure they get to those families. Excellent. Um, and then finally, really quick, uh, just leaders, you should have received a text message with this information, but just a reminder and encouragement to be sure to put this on your calendar. Uh, Sunday, December the 10th, bright and early at 8 a.m., we're going to have a life group leader meeting that will be in the chapel. Uh, so be sure to mark that on your calendar uh, so that we can... Uh, um, be present for that important time together as we look toward the coming year. So thank you for joining us for this podcast, and uh, we look forward to seeing you on Sunday.